Hi, and welcome to this uh, BTSM podcast. My name is Dr. Markus Laupheimer. And after an interesting uh, podcast about uh, the Munich uh, muscle injury classification, we were actually quite keen to get uh, Noel Pollock into the studio. Uh, he has been the lead author of the recently published uh, British Athletics classification. Um, Noel is a consultant in sports and exercise medicine in the UK and has been a full-time uh, team doctor for British Athletics since 2008. He has been a sports physician uh, at over 15 European and World uh, Championships, as well as the Commonwealth and Paralympic and Olympic Games. Hi, Noel. Welcome. Hi, Marcus. Uh, thanks very much for the invitation. It's a great privilege to speak on the podcast. Um, there has been recently more interest in classifying muscle injuries and a recent podcast was about the Munich classification of muscle injuries. Can you uh, give us a little bit about the background of the development of the British athletics classification and uh, why was there a need for a new classification? Yes, as you say, there's been huge interest recently in the classification of muscle injuries and, and certainly we were grateful to the British Journal of Sports Medicine for publishing our contribution to that discussion. We've been really pleased with the responses received uh, from across a range of different sports and and certainly we have found it um, very helpful in, 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 in our approach to muscle injuries. Uh, but the, the stimulus for developing a new classification was, was really a, a clinical frustration with the historical grade one, two, three system, which meant different things to different people and uh, and didn't say anything particularly meaningful about uh, management or prognostication or possible preventative strategies um, or even have that basic reproducibility uh, from one injury to the next. Uh, and, and more widely, uh, I think one of the reasons that muscle injury and re-injury rates have remained high in elite sport is that very different structural injuries have been classified as, as one group of injuries, which has then limited uh, the development and, uh, and application um, and, and research into uh, targeted preventative or therapeutic approaches. Uh, our, our approach is, is certainly that uh, accurate structural or anatomical or, or tissue diagnosis is a really important first step in uh, rehabilitation of, of, of injury. And uh, with that uh, thought process and our, um, our clinical experience and discussion with college, uh, colleagues and, and some of the developing literature, really suggested that the nature of tissue injury in muscle injury was was important, uh, particularly around the concept of uh, the intratendon injury uh, and also that fascial injuries behaved uh, differently uh, from the classic uh, MTJ, uh, muscle tendon junction injuries. <clears throat> uh, so that was stimulating interest in, in how we could categorise or, or classify um, uh, muscle injuries differently. Uh, and in, in and amongst that discussion, the, uh, the Munich consensus was published uh, and for us and I felt there was uh, still some limitations that, um, uh, to, to that classification which, which didn't particularly address those uh, issues that we had with, with categorisation of muscle injuries and it wasn't really what we were, were looking for uh, to use practically in a classification. So, so that, uh, the publication of Munich was really a particular catalyst for us to formally structure and write up and, and submit our system for uh, discussion and, and peer review uh, and most importantly, to develop something that we could use uh, to add value uh, for us in, in track and field. Okay, and, and what were the particular issues with the Munich Consensus that encouraged you to uh, pursue this different approach? Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think there were some interesting things in, in Munich for sure. You know, obviously it was written by 
uh, experienced group of, of really great sports doctors. Um, and I think some of the clinical concepts around uh, the spinal contribution and, and neuromuscular contribution to injury are really useful. But, yeah, but yes, I, I think there are some uh, some limitations. Um, I, I think the uh, defining boundaries between the different classes are not uh, particularly clear and, and seem subjective, which I think may limit its reproducibility um, and its clinical uh, applicability, uh, and then subsequent research and, and evaluation of outcomes. I, I think the terminology around dividing injuries into functional or structural um, is not necessarily that helpful as, as clearly there are significant functional aspects to clinical structural injuries and also uh, 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 neurological and neural contributions to uh, uh, structural injuries. Uh, the, the, the structural classification also doesn't take into account some of the recent evidence on uh, the importance of recognising the tendon injury within the muscle. So, so these things really uh, limited its, um, its practical use for, for us. Okay, so let's come to your classification. Uh, can you um, explain us a little bit more about the British athletic classification? Uh, so, yeah, so we were really looking for, for three things from a, from a classification. Uh, firstly, uh, that it should be reproducible with, with clear terminology and, and defining boundaries between the classes. Um, also felt it was important that um, it gives some direction to rehabilitation and treatment strategies uh, and ideally would have something to say on, on prognostication. Uh, and finally, and uh, importantly, felt that it was important to be as simple as possible, something that was intuitive to use and the whole performance team could kind of understand and use it on a, on a day-to-day basis. And so we've been using it for about two years now and, uh, and we think that the, the basic framework is right and does seem to be adding, um, adding value. Uh, the basic structure is that injuries are, are classed as A, B or C based on the site of the injury within the muscle and then graded from naught to four based on the extent of the injury. Uh, the classification element A, B or C is, is really based on the concept that, that there are different tissues within the muscle which have different functions and healing biology uh, and therefore they should be categorised differently. Uh, and perhaps I'll go through each of those. A denotes a, a myofascial injury, an injury in the, in the peripheral 10% of the muscle extending to the epimysium. So we, we know that fascia surrounding muscle is, is composed of layers of connective tissue Uh, with hyaluronic acid between the layers and is highly innervated and enables gliding between the muscles and, and transmission and coordination of muscle for forces during movement. Um, and certainly there was a, a, a clinic, clinical um, a perception or, or, or thought that uh, these injuries might be related to impaired coordination or, or change of direction type injuries. Um, they seemed to be painful initially um, but seemed to do well with a, a low risk of, of re-injury and we felt that they were behaving Uh, differently to uh, muscle tendon junction injury, so felt that um, uh, that they should have their own categorization. Um, so that that was the A injury, the, the myofascial or peripheral uh, muscle injury. Uh, the class B uh, is the uh, the more classic uh, muscle tendon junction injury. Uh, you could expect that to follow the um, more classic muscle healing biology with satellite cell activation, uh, leading to. Uh, ideally muscle regeneration. And then the class C injuries uh, are those injuries that extend into the tendon and therefore require um, tendon healing during the uh, rehabilitation and uh, um, regenerative period. Uh, we know from the tendon literature that tendons are composed of tightly packed type 1 collagen fibers in an extracellular matrix and, and they have uh, different tensile properties and, and turnover properties when compared with muscle. 
So therefore, uh, I think it's reasonable to expect that they may require a different type of time frame and, uh, and rehabilitation stimulus. Um, so so in, in addition to provided class A, B or C, based on myofascial uh, MTJ or, or intratendon uh, components, uh, we then grade the injury one to four based on the extent of the injury, uh, where four is a complete tear. Um, the, uh, the number grading is determined by specific MRI parameters of edema length and cross-sectional area, cross-sectional area of tendon involvement and, and factors such as the loss of tension within the tendon. Uh, so, for example, a, a 2C injury would extend into 50% of the uh, cross-sectional area of the tendon, where, whereas a 3C uh, would be greater than 50% of the uh, tendon um, and usually associated with loss of tension within, within the tendon. Uh, so, in addition to the uh, number grading and the letter classification, uh, we would name the injured muscle and, and whether the injury was in the proximal third or the, the central third or the distal third. Um, we also include and define grade knot injuries um, as a focal presentation of, of pain at a specific point within the muscle, but with a, a negative uh, or normal MRI scan. Thanks. And um, you published in 2015 a follow-up paper which uh, looked more about the clinical application of reclassification, which was quite interesting. Uh, could you explain us a little bit about uh, this? Uh, sure, yeah. We, uh, we actually published a couple of papers uh, this year uh, as follow-ups. The, the first was a, a radiological validity paper Uh, demonstrating um, excellent inter- and intra-rater reliability between two radiologists who, who weren't um, involved in the original paper. But yes, the, the second one then um, was a clinical paper uh, published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine and uh, that looked retrospectively at um, four years of, of records and hamstring injuries in British athletics. Uh, we independently reviewed the scan to provide a, a, a new uh, British athletics classification and also the electronic uh, medical record to determine uh, time to return to full training uh, and re-injury rate, uh, which we defined as um, uh, an injury during rehabilitation or within three months of return to full training. Uh, and the most uh, important or interesting finding was a, a substantially higher re-injury rate for injuries that, um, that included uh, or extended into the 10th in any way. Uh, we had 15 injuries that were either 2C or 3C in, in the new classification. Uh, and the re-injury rate amongst that group was uh, around 60%. Um, uh, and that was in comparison to a, a re-injury rate in uh, 17 muscle tendon junction 2B uh, tears of only 6%. Uh, and this, this is consistent with, with clinical experience and, and published work from, from other sports, uh, demonstrating the importance and the significance of the intertendon injury Uh, and was summarised nicely in a, a recent publication by um, uh, Peter Bruckner and David Connell uh, in the BGSM looking at um, uh, hamstring and rec fem intratendon uh, injuries. Uh, we also demonstrated uh, excellent prognosis for uh, grade knot injuries, uh, consistent with the uh, with the literature on, on grade knot injuries, uh, and, and that extensive injuries took longer than small or moderate injuries to return to full training. Uh, we didn't show any difference in Uh, re-injury or a return to training in the myofascial group versus the muscle tendon junction group. Um, although the return to full training both was relatively short uh, and a future area of work is, is certainly to see whether uh, they uh, behave differently uh, clinically or have a different mechanism of injury um, to, to warrant um, uh, that separate classification uh, in, in, a, in a larger cohort. 
Yeah, thank you. So um, there has been a lot of debate about uh, the use of MRI scanning in, in uh, hamstring injuries. And we've also been reading uh, recently that um, MRI scans might not be of any use uh, predicting the return to play. Now your classification is obviously quite based on the MRI. Uh, would you uh, discuss this with us a little bit? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a, a great point. Uh, I mean, the general point that I'd uh, make, uh, I guess, is that um, uh, as we've discussed, the, the, the detection of the intratendon injury seems to be of great importance and, uh, and should change uh, clinical management. Uh, and without doubt, high-quality MRI is the best imaging modality to pick that up. And, uh, and therefore, I think that uh, MRI is strongly indicated in an elite sport uh, environment uh, for that reason, at least, to pick up the intratendon injury. Uh, although there are other considerations uh, as to why you might MRI. Um, I mean, I guess if you're not going to push the rehabilitation um, uh, or there, there's another modality by which we can reliably detect um, and consistently detect intratendon injury without, uh, without doing an MRI scan, uh, then you could make an argument not to do so uh, at this stage. Um, I think it is important that future MRI studies do look at uh, tendon involvement and, and that hasn't always been the case with some of the recent publications uh, that have questioned the use of MRI. Um, I mean, I would certainly agree that, that clearly MRI is not the sole answer to uh, prognostication or uh, rehabilitation direction. It just provides uh, good information on the uh, tissue structure uh, and a good starting point to feed into clinical reasoning and uh, the overall overall structure of the rehabilitation. Yeah, I think it's it's a great discussion going on in, in muscle injuries itself and and uh, their classification and uh, maybe this also uh, future direction of research uh, to to use those classifications more into treatment. And um, I think we've discussed this, but um, how do you think uh, the British athletic classification could develop in future to to guide this process? Uh, so yeah, we're uh, collecting information uh, prospectively so we can look at uh, the mechanism, mechanism of injury and, uh, and clinical markers uh, that are associated with the different classes, uh, as well as um, uh, collecting prospective information on return to play and, uh, and re-injury uh, rates, uh, obviously with the Olympics next year. So uh, we're certainly hoping that the data collection uh, from new injuries is, is slow, um, uh, but it, our thoughts around the, around the framework in the future are are that we uh, could consider adding um, uh, clinical variables, uh, probably sport-specific prognostic signs, um, and potentially uh, ultrasound uh, into the framework, uh, and also I think some element of, of neural uh, assessment, as I think that's an important uh, factor in um, uh, initial assessment and, uh, and, uh, and subsequent management of uh, muscle injuries. I think we do need to look at the boundaries of the grading, if there is information that uh, MRI can tell us on the extent of the injury and that's relationship with prognostication. Um, uh, and we're collaborating with some other sports to test the system um, uh, in different sports. Okay, thanks Noel. And I'm looking forward uh, for more research uh, to help us uh, guide uh, to treat our uh, patients with uh, muscle injuries. Uh, not at all. Uh, thanks Marcus. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Um, uh, to discuss uh, it today. I'd also like to thank um, my uh, co-authors, uh, Rob Chakraverty, uh, Steve James and uh, Justin Lee, uh, as well as all the staff at British Athletics who've contributed to the uh, development and, and continuing evolution of the, the system in a, in a really uh, practical and, uh, and relevant way. So uh, thank you very much. Um, thanks for listening uh, to this uh, BGSM podcast. 
And if you want to stay up to date, don't forget to follow the BGSM on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. Uh, for now, I only can wish you an active day.